Welcome back, Mets fans. Episode 99 of the Raise the Apple podcast. We are back after oh, a little more than a month or so. New setup as I'm back home now. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see a giant glare of light right on my forehead. That'll be fixed by next time. But the New York Mets, we have a lot to talk about going on in Major League Baseball with the New York Mets. Our first place, still first place New York Mets, are just about to finish off a sweep of the Nationals after sweeping the Phillies last week. So it'll be a 6-0 homestand before they head out west to face the Dodgers for, I believe, four games. And then the Padres for three and a day off. And then they go to Anaheim to face the Angels for three. So this will be probably the toughest part of the Mets' schedule to date. I know the Angels have slowed down a little bit, but Dodgers and Padres still chugging along. So those are, those should be great series, especially with the Dodgers being the standard. The Mets will be put to the test for the first time this year. And as I get a notification that the Mets did win, and they have completed the sweep of the Nationals. They gotta win. They gotta build up those wins in those games, in those easy games. So that way, when if they can remain competitive with the big teams. And then if they just crush on the bad teams, the Mets will be fine. The month of June historically has not been great for this team. If they can get through this month at 500 or better, in terms of their month record, they'll be set, they'll be fine. They usually, if in the past couple years they start off great, then June hits and they just fizzle out into July, and then they pick it back up in August, and by that point it's too late. So if they can avoid that this year, I think this team will. The injury bug is still back hurting this team. You had Nimmo and Jeff McNeil. Got a couple days off just because of general soreness, but Tyler McGill's on the IL. Max Scherzer is going to be out the next six to eight weeks with an injury. And you know it's bad when Max Scherzer takes himself out of the game. He does If he's taking himself out, then something is severely wrong with that. So the Mets are going to have no Jacob deGrom until they say the end of June. End of June, Jake should be back. Max Scherzer won't be back for six to eight weeks. Tyler McGill should be back soon, but the other guys in the rotation have stepped up great. Bassett's been good. I know he got shelled in San Francisco, but he he's overall been really good this year. Taiwan Walker's been great. Carrasco's been excellent. Trevor Williams has stepped up nicely. David Peterson has stepped up nicely. The Mets got their depth is getting put to the test pretty early without Jake and Max Scherzer, and they're both they're. The whole rotation is doing great to start the year. The bullpen has been pretty good. You know, without Trevor May, obviously Trevor May's hurt. Edwin Diaz has been great. Seth Lugo's been solid. Drew Smith has been one of the best spots in that uh, rotation. At the start of the year, Joel Lee Rodriguez was not good, but he's kind of calmed down a little bit. Adovino has been up and down, but overall, this the Mets team is as well-rounded of a team as we've seen in a long time. This offense is just absolutely ruthless. They have been racking up hit after hit. They're not relying on the home run ball. They're strictly going for, we can hit the ball. We don't need to hit five home runs a game to win. We can just string hits together. But the Mets, what are they now? 35 wins, I want to say. I got to double check here. 35 and 17. I believe that is the third best in baseball. Base, no, in terms of winning percentage, they are tied with the Dodgers at a 673 winning percentage. The Yankees are at a 694, and those are the top three teams right now. So the Mets are tied as the second best team in baseball. They've won six in a row. This weekend series in LA will be the first test of the Mets, and it's 
the way things are going this year, this should be the expectation of the Mets and the Dodgers in the NLCS. So we'll get a little bit of a preview. This should be a great series. Let's see what what's the pitching lineup for this. I know the Dodgers have, I believe, Gonsolin, Anderson, Bueller, and Urias. So tomorrow, Taiwan Walker. Dodgers is still TBD. Uh, Friday is Chris Bassett against TBD. I believe Saturday is Walker Bueller against David Peterson. And Sunday is Julio Urias. And the Mets is TBD as well, but you got to think, after five shutout innings the other night, Trevor Williams gets another shot in the rotate gets another shot in the rotation. I think if he continues pitching that way against the Dodgers, they can stretch him out into maybe the sixth, maybe the seventh, depending on how he does. They're starting to lengthen him out a little bit. Mets fans are for the Mets fans that don't know where Trevor Williams came from, he was part of the Javi Baez trade. The Mets got Javi Baez and Trevor Williams for Pico Armstrong. And last year, beginning of this year, Trevor Williams was not good at all. He stunk. But he has really found his groove, and he's been pretty solid out of that bullpen and stepping up during his spot starts. So overall, this Mets team is as well-rounded as we've seen in a long time, and I think that they are going to sustain this. Obviously, they're doing all of this without Max Scherzer, without Jacob deGrom. They will have Tyler McGill back soon. But not having the two best pitchers in baseball and still doing as well as they are tells me that they can definitely go toe-to-toe with any team in baseball once those two are back. But it also makes me scared that the Mets are going to let Jake walk in the offseason because Jake expected to use his opt-out, as we all knew that he was going to do, to get a bigger deal. But the Mets, if they think, oh, well, we can win without Jake and we don't have to pay him, I don't think Steve Cohen's going to be like that. I think he's going to pay what Jake what he wants. I don't think Jake goes anywhere besides the Mets. But we're going to have to see on that. But it's a little scary because then the Mets are going to sit there and think, well, we can win without Jake. We don't have to pay him as much. But, like I just said, Steve Cohen, you know he's not going to let Jake walk like that. But overall, this Mets team, it's, it's like it doesn't feel real because as a lifelong Mets fans, we're not used to this. The last time we had 2015, we had 2016, they snuck in there, 2015, that magical run. But before that, 2006 was... 2006-7 was the best, like, the be- those Mets teams, especially 2006. They haven't been, they haven't won a World Series since 86. We're not used to this. Now, this is the best start. The Mets, have, the only Mets team that has started with a double-digit lead in the division going into June was the 1986 Mets. So, I'm not saying, like, history is on the Mets' side. I don't want to jinx it, but I... If the Mets collapse, it will be absolutely heartbreaking to Mets fans if they just completely fall off the rails. But the way they've been going so far, the acquisitions they've made, this Mets team is in a great spot. And then they do have some questions though they have to answer. And that the biggest question they have to answer is what are they going to do with Dom Smith? Dom Smith yesterday was optioned to AAA Syracuse. It... Unfortunately, I don't want this to happen because I think Dom can bring so much value to this team. But I think this might be the end of the line for the Mets and Dom Smith. I do think by the deadline, the Mets part ways with him. They send him, they trade him. If I'm the Mets, though, I'm getting pitching for him. Maybe go get Luis Castillo from the Reds. Maybe go get Frankie Montas from the A's. But if I'm the Mets, I'm probably trading. I don't want to, but it's probably there's just nowhere to put Dom. 
Now, the same could be said for J.D. Davis, but J.D. Davis has been hitting. He's just hitting it. The analytics people will tell you he's hitting the cover off the baseball, but it's just he's just hitting it in the wrong spots. Dom's just really not hitting at all. You know, he had a four-hit four night on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball the day before they DFA'd Robinson Cano. But besides that, after that, he's hasn't been that all that great, unfortunately. But hopefully, Dom goes down. He gets to play every day in AAA, gets his head right, gets a little reset, comes back up, and contributes the way we know he can. I would hate to see Dom go, but it is not looking likely that the Mets are going to keep Dom Smith around. And I hope that's not the case. I love Dom. He's one of my favorite players. But unfortunately, you know, sometimes those tough decisions have to be made. And I think by the trade deadline, I would not be surprised if Dom is gone from the Mets. But speaking of Mets that are gone, our good buddy Matt Harvey... <laughs> Oh, wow. Matt Harvey is suspended for 60 games for Major League Baseball for violating their PED policy. Matt Harvey, if I, as long, before I continue there, i got to kill this spider that just crawled next to me. That's always fun. So Matt Harvey, 60-game suspension for PEDs. The cherry on top of the complete downfall of Matt Harvey's career. So Matt Harvey comes into the league. He's supposed to be the guy for this team. He was going to be what Jacob DeGrom is now. He was supposed to be. And he started out that way, and then he got hurt all the time. Then he came back. Then he got hurt again. 2015, that night, Game 5 of the World Series, was the best night of his career. That was the... He pitched the game of his life. He put the city, the team on his back, and he carried them all the way to the ninth, and he just ran out of juice. Unfortunately, that's what, I mean, if you, any pitcher in baseball probably would have said the same thing that Matt Harvey, like, I want the ninth, you're not taking me out of this. And if I were Terry Collins, I would have sent him out there too. I probably would have had a much tighter leash on him than Terry Collins might have, but in the World Series, when he's going like that, I would have taken the chance and stuck with him too. I don't blame Terry Collins at all. But ever since that night, it has been just a complete downward spiral for Matt Harvey. They traded him to the Reds. Then the Royals got some time with him. Then the Angels. Then the Orioles. He's been with the or on and off with the Orioles. He had the drama with being involved with giving the drugs to Tyler Skaggs that he eventually overdosed on. Then the Orioles bring him back. Now he's suspended for drugs. It's just the cherry on top of a... It's so sad what has happened to Matt Harvey. Now I understand he did all, a lot of it. He did it to himself, a lot of it. But what a horrible ending. And Matt Harvey's career is, I'd have to say, pretty much over. I would love to see him try and come back. I don't know how he can come back from this, but... It sucks to see Matt Harvey spiral that the way that he has, especially when that rotation, the Fab Fives, Harvey, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Mats Wheeler, made it through the five of them one time. And that was supposed to be our rotation of the future. It was supposed to be the best rotation to ever pick up a baseball. And they made it through the five of them one time. Now you got 
Matt's over in St. Louis. You got Wheeler in Philly. Harvey suspended. Syndergaard in L.A. And he was great to start the year in L.A. And then he's been gotten shelled the last couple starts. And then you got Jake left. And Jake's hurt half the time. Unfortunately, the baseball gods seem to have it out for the Mets. And I... Not a fan of that. But... All the field... I... It sucks seeing what has happened to Matt Harvey. I wish it really did work out because he was so much fun to watch. Especially that 2015... Sometimes I'll still go back and watch that 2015 video of him in that game. Oh my goodness. That was one of the best pitch games I have ever... I remember watching that game all the way through. And I remember looking at my brother and I was like, this is phenomenal. It was one of the best pitch games I have ever watched. It was just unreal what Harvey did that night and it's sad to see that his career spiraled downward from there but Matt Harvey's not the only one who's getting into problems Tommy Pham is also getting into some problems of his own so at the beginning of the year we talked about Tommy Pham challenging Luke Voigt to a boxing match over a collision at home plate then we got <laughs> so the Reds and Giants face off and Jock Peterson and of the Giants and Tommy Pham of the Reds get into it during batting practice of the game. They get into a little scuffle, screaming match, caused the benches to clear in a batting practice, which resulted in Tommy Pham channeling in his inner Will Smith and smacking Jock Peterson across the face. Seems very bizarre for a baseball incident. And then come to find out, Jock Peterson is addressing the media about it and says that it was over a dispute in a fantasy football league. The fact that Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham were able to sit up there with a straight face and say that it was over a fantasy football league has to be one of the greatest things ever from the first half of this season. That is phenomenal. I, that It was just so out of the blue and so random. It just happened out of nowhere. And to see them up there with a straight face explaining that was... That, it was hysterical, honestly. I Tommy Pham got suspended for three games. Jock Peterson was kind of just like, uh, okay, oh well. And it, that's that's really all there is with that. I just can't believe how, how serious they were t discussing this when it seems like such a silly thing. But on a not-so-silly note, we'll transition into the last thing to talk about today, and that is the... Comments made by Josh Donaldson with regards to Tim Anderson. Uh, so this is, is I don't think it is, but it has become a very controversial issue, what, what happened here. And I'll explain my reasoning in a second. So essentially in a nutshell, ever since his bat flip against Kansas City a couple years ago, Tim Anderson has kind of referred to himself as like today's Jackie Robinson. He's, you know, trying to bring the fun back. He's making that he's breaking that barrier of like having fun in baseball, which I think is completely disrespectful. If I'm being brutally honest, it is completely disrespectful for Tim Anderson to sit there and say that he's anything close to Jackie Robinson, but that's a, that's an argument for another time. So with that calls himself today's Jackie Robinson. And during a issue with the white Sox and Yankees, Josh Donaldson said something to Tim Anderson calling him Jackie. 
and that caused the benches to clear. It caused Yasmani Grandal, the White Sox catcher, to get right in the face of Donaldson when he came up to the plate. causes the benches to clear. It's a whole thing. Investigation goes underway by Major League Baseball, as it should. you got to figure out if he's... Is this like an inside joke between them, or is Donaldson, for whatever reason, being just racist to Tim Anderson for God knows what reason? Josh Donaldson claimed that it is a inside joke between... Essentially, it's an inside joke between them. He's called him that before. He said it to him to give him a hard time. He wasn't trying to be offensive in any way or anything like that. Then Tim Anderson comes out and says, yeah... He has said that to me before. I told him the first time he said it to, to not call me that. And then Donaldson did it again, and then the bench is obviously the bench is clean. It is such a stupid situation. It did not need to be as big of a deal as it turned out to be, as it was turned out by the media. It was just made into a much bigger deal than it needed to be, and. I think it's it was extremely disrespectful to the Robinson family for them to have to answer questions about that. I just think this whole thing, it was a stupid. If Don, if it was an inside joke and Donaldson was saying it, okay, it was like a wrong place, wrong time on the field like that. When if no one knows the history besides Donaldson and Tim Anderson, and someone else hears that, it's gonna cause a whole problems. So it was probably like. I don't necessarily have a problem with him saying it if he was mocking him, if that makes sense, or if he, if it if it was in fact an inside joke between the two of them. But was it Donaldson? Was it's like a stupid? It was something stupid to say. Like, dude, you didn't need to say that. You don't got to say stupid stuff like that. But that that was just it was just one of those little things that I think was blown way out of proportion by the media, as they typically like to do. But that, that's my take on the whole situation. But that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. 100 episodes next week. Trying to get a guest, a guest or two lined up. Hopefully we'll see. Hopefully it all works out with schedules and stuff like that. But our Mets are killing it. And they don't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. Major League Baseball is fully back. And so much fun to watch right now. It's so good to have baseball back. And at the rate that it's going right now. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you uh, follow on Twitter. Live tweeting the games will be back soon. Uh, it's based on availability, how often that happens. But we will check. Yeah, can't speak anymore. We will see you guys in next week's episode n- number one hundred. Thank you for tuning in this time. Check us out on TikTok too. Lots of content coming there. We'll see you next week. Let's go Mets.